0: regal hasn't sponsored you all yet
1: no no right (laughs) we've been we've been hustling for the regal sponsorship for quite some time now hello everybody and welcome back to the ride home podcast my name is abby hey guys it's caitlin we are super excited to have a panel of guests for the first time on the ride home we have some people that We've been following on Instagram for quite some time. We also have a very longtime friend uh, joining us. So I wanted to introduce everybody. We have first Michael Napoli. He is our college friend. Um, I went to film school with him. We actually, Michael was, do you remember Mike? My first project at DeSales was with you. We actually were teamed up together to do a presentation on Casablanca.
2: Yeah, remember that. yeah. <laughs>
1: that's so precious. Oh my yeah.
2: god! Yeah, I was honestly thinking of the, the project where we're doing the PSA, a smoking PSA. But yeah, good, good, good memory, good yeah. memory.
1: <laughs> So, Mike, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you became interested in film, and also your favorite movie.
2: Well, my name is Michael Napoli. Uh, as as Abby said, I went went to the Sales University with both Abby and Caitlin. Uh, I live in Astoria, which is a part of Queens in New York City. Um, and I currently work in digital advertising at Univision. Um, and my favorite film is Sydney Lumet's 12 Angry Men.
1: Love it. All right. And then we're going to kick it off to August next. This is August Keller from August Keller writes on Instagram. You've been doing some really great, um, Instagram reviews for movies that we've been following along with. Tell us a little bit about your journey with film and how you got into reviewing, and obviously your favorite movie as well.
3: I spent a lot of time in front of the TV as a kid. I just was always a fan of uh, that medium. Um, I went to film school at Long Beach State University. I didn't finish, actually. I, I you know, I was on a few few uh, student film sets, and I just realized it wasn't for me. The actual filmmaking process is hard. I think you guys know that. It's a it's a grueling. A grueling profession, and I realized that I actually just liked watching and critiquing more than actually making it myself. I, I love Red Letter Media. I think they were like the, the guys that really got me like to like love film crit, and I follow other stuff too, like a uh, Studio Binder. I think is another great uh, resource for the breakdown of film techniques. So I'm just a big fan. My favorite movie is. I I feel like this is kind of a loaded. Uh, Answer, but I love Fight Club. Uh Um, I know it's kind of like a lot of dude bros like that movie, but um, (laughs) I think I like it for the right reasons.
1: Fight Club's a great movie. I don't. I don't judge anybody who says that. So yeah. <laughs> I know it's a film bro movie, but I think it's great. Next, we have Eric Aqueme from um, E Squared Film Reviews, also a film reviewer on Instagram. Eric, what's your journey with film, and what's your favorite movie?
0: My journey to movies really actually started in 2018 with Movie So if y'all remember, the worst yeah. business decision. Yeah ever made, but the best experience for people who love movies. Before yes. that, I was more into television. Um, but with MoviePass, I obviously wanted to get the most bang for my buck. So that summer, I was in the theaters every single day, just seeing things that I was never seen before and fell yeah. in love with the medium. So um, for the last five years now, I've been headfirst into movies versus television and watching as much as, as possible. Um, yeah. And then the reviewing came into effect of just needing a creative outlet. I feel like when you're in school, you get to write a lot. Um, you get to create a lot. But in my particular role I'm in now, I don't get to do that as much. So this was just a creative outlet for me.
1: And then what is your favorite movie?
0: My favorite movie, it uh, feels like the most basic answer, but I'm representing it today. And that is Jurassic Park. Yes! Uh, is, mm-hmm. that
1: That's is absolutely good. my top 10, <laughs> as, like for sure. <laughs>
0: It's the movie that made, I feel like a lot of us in our generation fall in love with film. Um, and then it's also one of those movies that when you revisit as an adult, you don't have almost the cringe embarrassment of like, of course yeah. a nine-year-old would like this, but 20-something right. me doesn't. It, it holds up perfectly. So.
1: so getting started on our Oscar pregame, we're going to go through some of the major categories because unfortunately we can't go through every single one of them. Um, I wanted to kick it off with Best Supporting Actress because I think that's kind of a hot topic issue this year. Um, Michael, what are your thoughts about the Best uh, Supporting Actress category? What are your thoughts specifically about the Jamie Lee Curtis buzz? Because I know it's kind of a controversial topic right now.
2: I will say for for Best Supporting Actress, it's it's kind of interesting because I think all the nominees are well deserved. Uh, yeah. Usually. Uh, this this type of category lends itself usually for a lot of veterans and uh, we actually have two well-deserved veterans that are here and as you mentioned the aforementioned jamie leach curtis Uh, i know that she was definitely a surprise winner at the screen actors guild
0: yeah
2: Uh, for me personally i i was very surprised by that but they people have to understand that that's the union of actors that vote on that Mm -hmm. so a lot of the times the Oscars sometimes do lean into storylines and, and narratives of certain actors that get rewarded. Right. Whereas SAG is a different, uh, they do and they don't, but SAG does a lot of the time. And so for this, Jamie Lee Curtis is a more seasoned veteran over Angela Bassett. But mm-hmm. I honestly think I, my hot take is that I actually think that the two veterans cause a split.
3: Uh-huh. And then even then, uh-huh. Jamie Lee
2: Curtis has, is has two splits. Cause okay. she's now has, she has her co-star with Stephanie Sue. So there's uh-huh. the out, the outpouring of love for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Where does the lion's share of awards go to? And then you also have the veteran split between her right. and Angela Bassett. So I think that there could be a, there's a potential split for Jamie Lee Curtis in two different scenarios. And there's a part of me that thinks that Carrie Condon is the one that comes away with it because Whoa, she, had, she got, she got the to win. huh. The Oscars always tend to throw a surprise somewhere in their winners. Yeah. And I think supporting actress is the category that will do it among all the acting awards. Uh, I like so that. I, think I think that's, a, that's I, think hot that, take. I think, yeah, I think that's my hot take. I I'm uh I have money riding on it, so I think that's also why I'm going for it. But I also, yeah. if I were to pick my personal choice, like if I were to fill out a ballot, Carrie cotton yeah. would be my winner as well. Okay, I may be on the say,
0: I may need to put some money on Carrie as well. <laughs> I, I am curious, though, um, if that were to happen, what is the backlash? Because yeah. it seems like Angela Bassett has been sort of the saving grace for that. Um, a lot of black women being left out into in the major categories. And Absolutely. that assured Angela Bassett win seems like the academies one. Like, look, we didn't, we did not forget black uh-huh. women. So if that, if Carrie does win, what is the backlash of this particular Oscars because of that?
1: Right. I think there's already a little bit of backlash too, with Jamie Lee Curtis being favored over Stephanie Shu, Like, I think a lot of people are thinking that her Stephanie's performance was significantly more impactful or, you know, more key to the movie than Jamie Lee Curtis's character, which Jamie Lee Curtis, don't get me wrong. I'm obsessed with Halloween. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm beyond the a The biggest fan.
4: Jamie Lee Curtis fan. Biggest maybe. Jamie
1: Lee Curtis fan. But I will say, even though like a part of me, like my heart will literally soar getting to watch her like win an Oscar, I still don't think she deserves it out of the rest of the nominees if that makes sense
3: i agree with pretty much what everyone's saying um i think it seems to me like it's a three-person race right now between bassett condon and jamie lee curtis um of those three i prefer condon which makes me want to lean condon um it's just strictly off of the performance Mm -hmm. um because i think the other two honestly they're borderline like they the screen time is just not there for the other two like they're just not as much and personally if i were voting i would actually vote hong chao i think she yeah. she was the most she was almost like a lead in in yeah. in the whale and that movie yeah. just you know made me want to cry at least two or three times so yeah. that's that's what gets me to vote for for that acting performance
1: absolutely i'm going to say my should win is also hong chao like i am i loved the whale i mm. it was a beautiful movie and her performance was incredible she was so she was like what grounded it so she's my should win i honestly i think jamie lee curtis is going to take it i think the momentum mm. is going into <laughs> the night i think she's going to take it you right? just Where broke you're... michael's heart i
0: know oh
4: <laughs> no i think should win is carrie Condon. okay i i have to say um I'm a fan. And I think that she honestly I think she had kind of a similar role in her film that Hong Chow had in her film. Like I think she grounded it as well. And she kind of held the whole thing together, Mm -hmm. like the whole story throughout. So I think she should win and then will win. I don't know. I kind of I'm with you, August. Like I really think it could go. A a lot, lot either way. of different ways, yeah. because I also agree with you, Eric. Like I think they could potentially face a lot of backlash if they don't give it to Bassett. Like they're mm-hmm. always, they have been in the hot seat for a very long time, you know. And sort of I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I don't know. I really can't say
1: who I, I will think say. Will. I don't think there's like a loser here in my mind. Like if somebody wins, I'm happy. Like yeah. every single one of them, I'm like, you know what? I'll be happy for them if they win. So. They,
2: they all have reasons to win. They all have like, they're all like, I don't think there's any bad performance. I don't, I think among all the acting categories, I don't think there really is a bad performance. It's just really, it's really interesting to see, see this play out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think this is the one category where it upsets. And honestly, like the Oscars for, for 95 years, they've had backlash and they, they don't, they just kind of
0: they let it really go care.
2: aside. <laughs> they had backlash really back last year and it's just like, they're, they're okay with it and life moves on. So, yeah. like, if it's, if, and there's plenty. And it's just, if, 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 it would happen, if Angela Bassett got snubbed, it would just be a long line of performances that, yeah. that were cute to win that just, that just miss out. And it happens yeah. all yeah. the time.
1: Well, moving on to a much less contested category, we're going to kick it off to Eric for actor in a supporting role. So this is basically like, everybody is just keying in Key, basically. It's just, he's gonna win it. Um, what are your thoughts about that category? And do you agree with him being kind of like the assumed choice, basically?
0: I'm thankful that you all gave me quite literally the easiest category for it. And that is, <laughs> and that is because I think uh, Key Quan Key deserves that that role he we're talking about everything everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. um he he was the heart of the center of that that movie and in some ways depending on how you watch it he acts um almost as as a lead when i watched that movie uh with my girlfriend obviously the first time i loved everything about it but i saw so much of myself in his character so my first read of it was through his eyes um, as a man who's trying to fight this battle through love. Um, and of course, after watching it again, I see it more through all the other characters. I, so I, I do believe that his eventual win or predetermined win is mm-hmm. well-deserved. I'm looking at the other individuals in that category and the Banshees of In um seems to, in a lot of these categories, seem to be canceling each other out just because yeah. they've had so many qualities Performances. Brendan Gleeson and Barry Joogen was both amazing. I think if I had to go between one of those two, it would be Barry. Um, yep. Yogan, I, what a what a performance, and oddly one of the funniest performances and heartbreaking performances I saw mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. in all at Um, But then, if I'm just saying, the person that would get me out of my seat cheering would be Brian Tyree Henry. Oh yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed Causeway that performance was really good. I don't think it necessarily deserves to win over these other performances, but if somehow, some way, he ended up winning, um, I would be running around. You would see videos of me running around. <laughs> the it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's, it's, it's one for us there. And yeah. he puts in so much great work on the television side and now moving into more of that movie star aspect. I'm just yeah. happy that He's, he's
1: here. I think Bullet Train was one of our favorite like dark horse movies this year. We, we loved it and he was so good in it. We yeah. haven't gotten to Causeway yet, but I can imagine he's amazing because he's like one of those actors that when he's on screen, you're just like locked, locked in, in on him. Yeah, He's so good. You
0: can't see him on screen without feeling like I need to just watch everything about him. Yeah, um, And in that movie to go toe to toe, uh, with Jennifer Lawrence and sort of her big return and still the show to be sort of, his, he's an actor in a supporting role, but he feels like the the lead in that movie.
1: Michael, in August, do you have a should win or a person you would like to see win also?
3: He, he should win. I think he, he's, he should win. Um, and I agree that I think uh, Keoghan is probably number two for me. But uh, just a couple guys I, w- I was just thinking about who didn't get nominated that I'd like to shout out.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Um, I, I think, uh, Mark Rylance and bones and all, oh, he was, yeah. he, was yeah. he yeah, he's he was. Just so menacing. And so, uh, but like, you don't, he's just so quiet and calm and collected and you don't know why he's so menacing. I mean, that's how I felt. And I, I kind of feel lame for mentioning, uh, Ben Wishaw, you know, cause he's the only man and woman talking,
1: mm-hmm, but yeah. you
3: know, he had that really, you know, heartbreaking moment at the end that kind of,
1: yeah.
3: I think almost stole the show for me. Yeah, um, yeah. that That whole movie, you know, I think that movie just got so under nominated. And I think he could have gotten nominated personally, but
1: we saw yeah, that yesterday all- and I agree. He yeah. was, he was such a, unique performance throughout that movie because you know all the women were so like they all had this like edge to them and having the man be the soft spot Mm -hmm. of the movie and having him be kind of like the emotional grounding was I thought a really interesting like twist to have that you know have Mm -hmm. the man be kind of the the soft side of the film I thought that was a really cool um, aspect to it
4: I definitely do agree with Mark Rylance, though I think yeah. that his performance I'm just still really salty about all of the snubs that We're Bones and all. like upset. I can't talk about it <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> like Bones and All is just so under nominated and it pisses me off um so yeah. I could get on that soapbox for a really long time um but no, I think everybody is deserving, but no one's more deserving than Key,
1: of yeah. course. Um, Barry Keoghan would be number two for me as well. Michael, how about you? Do you have any snubs, or who you would like to see win over Key? Or
2: the moment I saw everything everywhere all at once back in almost a, a year ago,
1: yeah I, a uh, yeah, I walked out of
2: the I walked out of the film saying, I because usually like I'm sure everyone sees films and they're like, oh man, I would love if the Oscars. Would do would go that route. Yeah. More to my surprise, I had no idea that everything everywhere would be this well embraced, right and now. he would he would be the the, the the default winner of the film overall.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, and then again, Barry Keoghan would be would be my second. Uh, and honestly, kudos to the the Oscars for recognizing Brian Tyree Henry, and I would even say like recognizing Judge Hirsch, just because of one scene performances are so rare like uh, mm-hmm. and they're so profound usually there's something like a Viola Davis in Doubt you have like a Beatrice Straight who's won for Network so like kudos for them for just kind of being a little bit more uh, just kind of going by the performance as opposed to people that have campaigned the most often
1: yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah.
2: and then, and then for performances that I really want wish to uh, to have seen get nominated uh, despite the the mixed reaction I had I the, the most entertaining part of Babylon was Brad Pitt by far. Okay. And I thought he was like the, the part that I really just enjoyed. And I enjoyed uh-huh. the story. And I actually think that his storyline was better than the artist as a movie overall and does a better job of executing that story. And then another name that I really want to throw out this is definitely a dark horse, but I love Theo Yassi, who was the, the like the, not antagonist, but the love interest in Emily the Criminal. Okay. I thought he was mm-hmm. really good. That was just. So a performance that stuck out to me.
1: I'm gonna be the dark horse here and say that I, if it was up to me, I would vote. I would vote for Barry. Um, nice. I think his performance <laughs> was human. Mm-hmm. I think we get a lot of representation of mental illness in the past as like they're these freaks, and I think his performance was so human and so real so many of his lines it's like my heart literally like ripped into like shreds yeah um so he would have been my vote for sure but still i think he is absolutely deserving
2: i w- i will say one last thing i really what i really liked about kiyu Quan and what, what kind of stood out from the movie is like the fact that like just like the different types of hats that he puts on it's the same character but like the different genres that he's jumping into and in the universes it's just like just, it's just so surprising because not every actor can really do that. And just to see just like this veteran or wherever he was, just kind of come in and completely just go 100% into it was just like such a loving surprise. And I, yeah. and I think that's why uh, it, it, it really just kind of resonated. And yeah. I think a lot of actors really can't do that. I think just because of their 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 brand, their image, and for someone like him, just to really have a little bit more flexibility and freedom as an actor to yeah. kind of play in within that role is, is just so, so wonderful as a, as a viewer to see that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. So then August, we're going to kick it off to you for the two screenplay categories. Um, yeah. So adapted, we'll start with adapted and I'll just list them off quickly is all quiet on the Western front uh, glass onion living mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick and Women Talking. Caitlin audibly went <laughs> to Glass Onion. So that's how she feels about that. <laughs> um, August, what are your thoughts on adapted screenplay? Who is your should win, will win? And do you have any snubs there in that category?
3: Well, I think the snub for me is the whale. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- that that's adapted, right? And um, I mean, that movie really moved me. But between all these listed, I I think Women Talking is going to win, and I think it should win uh, out of these, this group, I think it's kind of a no brainer go with women talking. It's the most talky, you know, it's got, it's tackling important uh, topics. And it's, I think it's really kind of, um, I don't know if nuanced is the word, you know, all these women agree in the big picture, but they all have these different perspectives and they're all very fleshed out. And I just thought it was a very thoughtful, emotional movie.
1: Yeah. I think the thing that stood out to me the most, again, we just saw this yesterday. So it's fresh on my mind was that, The dialogue was so, it was like watching like water move. Like it was this fluid, you know, they all were playing off of each other. And then there were, you know, obviously the two little girls off in the corner that were kind of, you know, adding the little comedic moments where it was just such a balanced Screenplay, and I, I really appreciated that about women talking. So I completely agree with that. Michael, Eric, do you have any thoughts about adapted?
0: My only thought about adapted is just how weird of a of a list of nominees this is. I'm looking at it. I, I enjoyed Glass Onion a little mm-hmm. bit more than you all, but yeah. I would not. <laughs> I would not have put it in one of the top five of the mm-hmm. scripts. I, I no. thought it was fun, but yeah. it wasn't necessarily well written. Now um, my
1: question was, was Knives Out nominated?
2: It was. It was, okay. Yes, yes. If that
1: was not nominated and Glass Onion was, that's when I would throw hands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's that was my and then Top Gun Maverick, which I love Top Gun Maverick, but I don't think any of us are here because of, of how it was written. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I, I look at I look at this group and I haven't gotten a chance to watch Living yet. That is sort of my one um, hole there. Uh, I look at this group. I'm like, only
2: women talking is the only possible winner in this in this group. It's just kind of a I don't want to say uninspired, but it's a little. I mean, the surprise of Top Gun Maverick is 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 there is apparent, and I definitely uh, would recommend. There's a video essay by Nerdwriter that kind of talks about how Top Gun Maverick like lays out a scene and how they build like dramatic tension within like understanding the stakes. So that's like a so I, it, there's a lot more I give nonce to, but I think that's really more of a director per, uh, level and editing than it, is, than it is the writing. But I think women talking is by, I think by default, the winner. I actually was at the um, Museum of Moving Image in Astoria and there's a, the current exhibit that talks, uh, has like some like screenplays, like the shooting screenplay and the the actual screenplay that Sarah Polly did for, for the movie. Um, oh, cool. And uh, it's so rare that film, a film can be so entertaining and dramatic from the dialogue. For that reason, I think she's she's gonna win. And I don't think there's really any like snubs. There's probably like some some movies I can kind of nod at. Um, I think the only one that I think of adaptation is like I would love to have seen After Yang get nominated for best adapted screenplay, but that's that's about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, that's that's, that's cool. my take. Yeah
1: so I think for me like it's an obvious for women talking would you agree yeah yeah they should just not have had glass onion in there (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) it's also it is really funny though like seeing because this year there is so much diversity in terms of genre that it is so weird seeing top gun nominated with women talking after seeing like those two movies it's just shocking to think like, oh, wait, like those are in the same category being nominated for something. It's just crazy. Um, so we're going to kick it off to August again for original screenplay. Um, we have Banshees of a Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Now that is a packed group right there. That is, yeah, uh, yeah. That is the exact
3: opposite. Group.
1: Yeah, it's really <laughs> <laughs> August, what are your thoughts on... Uh, on original screenplay
3: this category is just more competitive in general compared to adaptive if i were betting i i think i would lean towards everything everywhere all at once that just seems to have that that movie is just on a like a war path right now um and, and i mean it's fair it's a good it's a great screenplay play very original very fun very quirky everything everywhere all at once is my favorite movie and but if i'm being objective i think I, I would probably vote for Banshees. I think it's it's just the more righty movie. You know, a lot of lot of dialogue dialogue driven and very interesting um, subtle topics they're getting into. It's very yeah. interpretable. Um, all the characters are. I just feel like all the actors had so much to work with, and they really got to stretch their legs with that. Um, and
1: it's so funny without really trying like it was just so naturally Mm -hmm. funny
3: Mm -hmm. effortless yeah yeah. i want to shout out um after sun did not get nominated and i mean i think that's a shame that that movie was um pretty darn special
2: original screenplay is one of my favorite categories to always follow because it's just anything could really kind of come up um and it could just be a surprise there's always a surprise writing nomination Um, but I have to think of who will win. I think it's a two horse race between the Banshees of Inishirin and everything, everywhere all at once. My, my winner would be, my personal winner would be the Banshees of Inishirin. And I think Mm -hmm. what will win will be the Banshees of Inishirin. Okay. Because if you have to award that movie, the movie I think is the second or third nominated movie. Where is it going to get that trophy? Like, Mm -hmm. is everyone assuming that it like, are we going to believe that it's just going to walk away with with a goose egg of Oscars. Mm-hmm. So, what's the best chance that it's going to win? So, I think Martin McDonough will get the prize, but I would I wouldn't be surprised if everything, everywhere, all at once, won because I think in re- I think of as of this century and maybe even within the 90s, it's like the most creative concept and the the how the screenplay works. So, I think of like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Her, um, Birdman, just all these like unique films. Get Out. Like the the idea wins the Oscar, not less, not necessarily the most well written or the best like dialogue. Um, so it really is like pure imagination versus like a play. So like it really depends on like, what the Academy wants to go for, and I th- and I I think that's why the Banshees will will kind of come out in the end. But you know, kudos to any one of those nominees that that uh, any of the nominees that get the prize. So. Now
1: it's no it's no uh, secret I am a. I do not like the Fablemans. I hated the Fablemans. I'm going to put that. I'm going to put that out there into the universe. So I'm just going to leave that off the list. But I think the other four nominees are all of them across the board. Like I am. I love this list, and I think growing up, like original screenplay was also like the category I watched the most because I wanted to be a writer, Um, and so. You know, I still, even though I'm an editor now, it's still just the one I lock into. So um, I'm going to say I also would give it to Banshees of Anna um, if it was me personally. But I think the momentum of Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to take it. Eric, what do you think?
0: So I agree with Michael that I do think Banshees will win because this just looks like the place to to honor that movie. Um, I don't think that they'll win much else, even though it is one of the best, honestly, top five movie of the of the year for me. Um, the momentum is going towards every um, everything everywhere all at once, so I can see that winning. Uh, but I just wanted to bring up Tar because I thought that yeah. the more I've watched that movie, I think I've seen it three times now. The funnier <laughs> it You time gets-
1: on your okay. hands. <laughs> we got Tar oh, super fan.
0: <laughs> listen to this. We tried to do, uh, not tried, we did a double feature of Tar and everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, my oh, sh- That was wow. oh my God, the <laughs> longest night of our yeah. lives. We started at like <laughs> 6 p.m. and it just we had drinks in the middle. It was a great time. Amazing. But it, was a lo- it was a lot to ask of my friends. Uh, but I think Tar it just it's funny in subtle ways. It's ambiguous in the right way. Sometimes I think ambiguity can just be either writers or directors just not wanting to give it an ending or not thinking of how to actually end it. This one, it seems like Todd feels idea, but he left it open enough for all of us to interpret it in whatever way um, mm-hmm. we think. And that's just, to me, that's the fun of movies is I get to watch somebody's vision, but then I get to infuse my thoughts into it. And the writing allowed that. So I would, I would, if I were giving it to somebody, I probably would give it to Tar. Um, but I, I can see Banshee's taking it. I'm so
2: glad. I'm so glad you gave that nod, Eric.
4: Yeah. I'm so glad too, because I really love Tar. Yeah. I think that was definitely in the top five for me this year as well. And I think I have to agree with you on the writing. Like it was so... For me, it was so captivating and yeah. it was just the film itself was captivating. But I think I also liked that, like that we had some liberties with it and that mm-hmm. we could kind of, you know, take it where we wanted to take it and yeah. kind of imagine what could happen. And I thought that I agree with you. I think that's just the fun of movies in general. Um, but I do. I also love Banshees so much, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it'll probably go to Banshee's. I hope. But yeah. I don't know.
1: It's I, awesome. it's, I think it's really, honestly,
4: a tie of yeah. who it will go to is either going to be bit, or everything, everywhere at once. I don't yeah. see it going to anyone else, but I do. Yeah. I agree with you. I think Tar deserves a little bit more attention than it got. But
1: how great is it, though, that we're sitting here talking about a movie that has literal hot dog fingers in it, being something that's like <laughs> yes. like, yeah. like nominated for original screenplay or like, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about this in our episode of the podcast where like everything, all everywhere, all at once has such a boyish sense of humor and to see it like thriving in this kind of environment, like original screenplay. And we're talking about best picture and stuff like that. It's really fun to see where this this Oscar season is going. And we're seeing such different movies being nominated and actually not only being nominated, but being like in the conversation. So I'm really excited about that. I
2: hope the Academy got copies of the Triangle of Sadness screenplay and just saw the section of this, like every sub other line was like, vomits, poops, <laughs> <laughs> poops. And
1: she shits herself and yeah. vomit.
2: <laughs> and then the book goes up. spoiler alert. Yeah.
1: All right. So we're going to uh, go to Eric now for, we're going to do cinematography next. So our nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. This was a very strange category for me. Was it strange for you or was this, you know, hitting the nail on the head for you? This
0: this did feel very strange. And Bardo and Empire of Light are two movies that I, I was not able to see. Um, and I wanted to see Empire of Light because of the Roger Deakins. Of it all. And I, I mean, that man, he, he's like the John Williams of this category. Yeah. He, just wins. It, <laughs> he only puts out bangers in terms of cinematography. So right. um, I did not get the chance to watch that movie, but it didn't feel, and for those of you who watched it, it didn't feel like it was the type of movie that had too much showiness in mm-hmm. cinematography. Um, from the movies that I saw, All Quiet on the Western Front was beautifully shot. Um, it was, I mean, it was a devastating movie, but the visual, the blueness of it all really brought me into that story. Um, and then the other thing that I will say about this category with Elvis, with Mandy Walker, potentially, I think it's maybe the first woman winner in cinematography or one of the few uh, women winners in cinematography. I think that would be incredible. Elvis was a very hit or miss type movie for me. I think we'll talk about that in Best Actor. The look of it was unique. I can say it was unique.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me, All Quiet on the Western Front was one of my favorite movies this year. And I think if I'm just like looking at this list, I'm just locked in on that as the winner personally. But Banshees of Inisherin was gorgeous. And I have no idea how that was not nominated. And I think also my Dark Horse snub was Bones and All. I think the cinematography in Bones and All was no, 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 no. just... It was like watching like a painting mm-hmm. on on screen. And I think I also haven't seen the two that you saw um, or that you mentioned, Eric. Um, Bardo and Empire of Light. Michael, August, have you seen either of those two? I I've
3: saw them both. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy to see Bardo in there. I know that movie was not very well received. I thought it was very daring in general. And I think that's why it turned a lot of people off. I was with it to just be weird. That's great. Empire of Light's weird because it has so many... Interesting people involved in that movie, and it was a little underwhelming. It was it was good. It was very good. It was even a little overlooked. But I don't. I think this category is so competitive this year that I don't think it really deserved to quite make the top five na- nominations. Personally,
1: right. Michael, how about you? Did you see either of those two or?
3: Uh, I did not see Empire Light, but I did see Bardo.
2: Uh, I saw that on. What is it? I think I saw it on 70 millimeter, or th- no, I saw it on 35 millimeter in oh. pen And I, I'm the complete opposite of of what August said. And I actually think that this that its nomination is the worst nomination among all the categories. <laughs> oh, <wow. this> year. <laughs> uh, I I thought that the cinem- <laughs> I thought I thought the ca- I thought the cinematography, especially for Inari 2, was just very like a step lower than the Revenant cinematography. And I just thought that the nothing it was nothing that i haven't seen already from from this filmmaker and i just thought that the the palette was just very muted and just very just like just very uninspired um and honestly i think this whole category is there could have been a lot more to the imagination like i would have loved to have seen the flight sequences really be shining for for top gun maverick and i think for me there's only one clear winner for for cinematography and I will give my, send my flowers to, to tar. Yeah. I think tar has the, in my opinion, the best cinematography performance. This is the one dream win that I, if I were to be, really be surprised, like what Eric's saying, yeah. jumping out of my seat, the cinematography for tar is, is the, is the one that stands out. Cause I think it just, it reminds me of like looking at like those like high fashion mm-hmm. magazines. Like mm-hmm. they're just like, cause for me, I, I think recently within the past couple of years, like it's just, the most cinematography, long shots uh, or like the, the prettiest lighting. But I think for for Tar, it sticks out. It's just like a lot of the compositions that just like that stood out and just like silhouettes. And it's just not often you see a a, a drama where it's just humans just being photographed. And she's photographed really well. Um, fingers crossed for Tar.
1: Tar really was one of those movies where like when I got out of it, I felt like a little tired. Like I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> a little bit sleepy after that but like the more i thought about it i was just like wow that really like they 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 did that like yeah. <laughs> they really did that and i agree that the composition of so many of those shots especially like i thought what was really interesting particularly was the framing on kate blanchett depending on where she was in her story, where when she felt big, it was shooting her from down low. And when she was small, it was, you know, it was shooting and it's such like simple movements, but it was really successful in doing that. Honestly, I do have to agree
4: with Tar though. I feel like the cinematography, like I'm kind of a music nut myself. Mm-hmm. I think that the cinematography almost felt musical. Yeah. Um, it felt like it was kind of moving as if it was its own score. Like yeah. the camera was its own instrument. I don't know. I felt like the whole thing was just very musical. It felt like a symphony. The the whole movie did. It really did, and I think it definitely deserves it. I didn't see All Quiet on the Western Front because Abby told me I wouldn't like it um, because (laughs) it was very graphic. (laughs) Um, So I haven't seen it. Um, But I think, yeah, I'm really sad about Banshees and
1: Bones and All not being in this category. I especially think, if we're looking at this list, like, if you watch Banshees and then you watch Elvis, you're going to tell me that Elvis gets the nomination over (laughs) Uh Right, like that's that's I guess that's where I'm
4: getting fussy, but yeah. I I mean I de- I definitely we can get into it later. I definitely loved Elvis, yeah. but I don't think it's deserving of cinematography yeah. at all. I don't think that's where it. Shines,
1: so. Yeah,
3: I would vote for All Quiet, and I just want to shout out uh, a few movies that I think I, I would like. Uh, I think Decision to Leave, I think was a really mm, yeah movie. I think Babylon was really well shot. And I don't know I don't I know this is kind of a controversial movie to bring up I don't know if it's I should but I want to just say that I liked how blonde was shot too it had a lot of interesting choices kind of a, I th- in the same line as um Bardo where I thought I, I just appreciate the experimentation even if it didn't always make a lot of sense
0: one other movie that I feel like this is the place that I can at least shout it out is nope um, yeah. I, I really, yeah nope you, it got, you can okay. shout out
1: Nope for any category. All kinds yeah. of the, so just go okay. for. It.
0: This is a Nope safe place yes. here because <laughs> I I feel like people got too into their minds about what a Jordan Peele movie should be that they didn't give this a fair shot. I mean, it's of any of anything. It is his by far his most beautiful film, and it is shot so well for a movie that has so many night scenes to be so clear um and the intention on how he created the night scenes to be so clear was interesting to to listen to on the podcast he did so i just wanted to shout out shout out you note know, one because it was totally blanked in the nominations but if there was one place this is this and i guess sound design um as well would have mm-hmm. been where i where i would have placed it
1: yeah absolutely Um, We're going to keep with the technical categories and we're going to move on to editing next. So August, what are your thoughts on editing? So we have Banshees of Inishiran, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and then Top Gun Maverick. This is a loaded group again. Um, Very contested, I think. But what's your pick here? And do you also have any snubs?
3: I I like the occlusion of Tar. I think a lot of times people confuse Best editing with most editing, and I think yeah. Tar does a good job of doing more with less. But you know, I think if I were, at, I think what should win and what I think will win. What I, what should win? I think I'd vote for Everything Everywhere All At Once. I I know it's kind of boring to keep saying that movie's name. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Top Gun has a chance of beating it, though. You know, it's got the the vroom vroom of it all. Um, and... <laughs>
4: And way so accurate.
3: <laughs> uh, and I, I, and I, the big snuff for me is Babylon. I think that yeah. movie, I know it's three hours long and that kind of turns people off but there's just so much uh, like pop to it. I thought that movie was just hilarious and I think the editing really elevated that.
1: Um, I think for me personally, when I got out of everything everywhere all at once, um, I am an editor by trade I think my brain exploded and I said that has to win I was just like that yeah. I don't care what else is nominated that has to win um so that's kind of my like shoe-in that I would vote for but Eric, what are your thoughts on on editing as well
0: copy and paste with what August said there uh, yeah I, I thought tar was edited. So again, maybe Tar is my favorite movie of the year. I think yeah, Everything yeah, Everywhere yeah, All At Once
1: yeah. is my favorite.
0: But the more I think about Tar, it's, just, it's, it's the movie that I wrestle with the most. And I thought it was edited in a way that they took away some of that shortness so that I could wrestle with it. Um, but when you were talking about Everything Everywhere All At Once, that is a perfect example of best editing and most editing happening yeah. in one movie. Um, so I, I would love to see that rewarded there and exactly same snub Babylon. I liked it way more than I feel like a lot of people did. Um, and this the editing of it, how it was paced for a three hour movie is, is, is why I liked it.
1: Yeah. Michael, did you see Babylon?
2: I did. Yeah. That was my, that I saw it on Christmas day.
1: That's right. That's right. Now, what are, do you agree that that should be in the conversation for this? No, I,
2: I don't think it should have been nominated. I think where it got nominated would have, is 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 appropriate. Um, I, I will say like, I, I think some of the editing was a little problematic, and I don't know really that's an editing thing as opposed to Chazelle's vision. Um, but I I personally don't, wouldn't have given it a nod. Um. I think my winner, and I think what should what should what should win and what will uh, what I think will win will be Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Um, I think it's kind of funny because when you look at everything everywhere all at once in Top Gun Maverick, you're really seeing like editing of, of digital effects and then editing of practical effects. And I think seeing the the achievement of the flight sequences and just how how it just kind of like lays out the story just so distinctly and so uh, just up to upfront to the point. There's nothing that feels miscommunicated. There's nothing like every intention, every, you get exactly how every scene is constructed and what is going, like what is the goal of each scene. And that is more of an, ed, I think that's the credit to the editing of Top Gun Maverick as opposed to the writing. And I think because of the editing, the writing got rewarded. Like mm-hmm. somehow, I, I, and I, and for me, I, I just think, and of course, Everything Everywhere All at Once has the, a lot of the most editing. Um, but I think just looking at like what has been won in the past, you know, something like Mad Max and uh, Gravity, yeah, yeah. like just like a lot of vehicles involved, Ford versus Ferrari. You're so speaking my language, to, mentioning plane, Mad Max, planes, have to be recognized right now. So we yeah. got we got all forms of transportation except for yeah. except <laughs> for a plane. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I honestly think this—I would not be disappointed with if any of these winners. Uh, if yeah. any if any of these movies won, I think all I mean, except for Elvis, but Elvis? Yeah. but i I think good for the academy for usually like is usually like the the most the most loud, the most obvious editing, but good for them for kind of recognizing like two dramas, like just straight up dramas that just seeing dialogue and conversations between people and when to cut, they're getting smarter. This year they got
3: smarter.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we're just going to touch really quickly because Michael Napoli, I could not do a podcast with you and not talk about animated feature film. Oh yeah. I just, <laughs> I was going to leave it off. And then when I was like, oh, Mike's going to be on it. I have to talk about this. So yeah. animated feature film this year, we haven't seen, I think we've seen one of them. Yes. Yeah. We've seen only turning red. Um, oh, wow. We have Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, Puss in Boots, The Last Witch, which I love that that's an Oscar-nominated movie. Like, I just love
0: that.
1: Um, the Sea Beast and Turning Red. Michael, my, my animated guy, you have to you have to cover this one. What's, what's your well, pick for
2: I'll, this year? The, the one that will win, Del Toro will win his second Academy a third Academy Award for Pinocchio. It's, it's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, The achievement of stop motion. I think that he just did such a wonderful job of creating such a a world filled with imagination. And uh, I would say the big, the one I would love to, I would see win would be Marcel the Shell with Shoes on
1: Mm -hmm. because I
2: think that one, like it's not Mm -hmm. the most animation, but I think it's like if I had to underline the word film, it would be Marcel the Shell. If I had to underline the word animation, it's Del Toro's Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But of those right. of the one I would wish that got snubbed would actually be my favorite animated film was Apollo Ten and a Half, a space age story, which is Richard Linklater's like semi autobiographical story of him growing up during the space age. Um, and it kind of adapts uh, certain techniques that he'd use for waking life and a scanner darkly does like that photo, like Photoshop, like realism look yeah uh, i don't know what you call it but that was just really fun to kind of watch like someone's memory i haven't seen the sea beast nor uh puss in boots but i heard there's a lot of traction for puss in boots i think just yeah awesome. but I, I don't, I don't here think it's gonna win i think i think Del Toro, is <laughs> i think Del Toro's gonna get it
1: the only one we saw was turning red and we both loved it i really mm. loved turning red and i thought
4: i don't know i thought it was really timely as far as like what's going on in our country with Asian-Americans. And I think that it was like a very perfect time for that movie to come out for everyone who is an Asian-American to feel like empowered and feel like they're represented, especially in an animated film, especially for kids, because it's such a scary time right now, I feel like, um, to be a kid
1: in general. and She's a middle school guidance counselor. So I think watching Um. Turning Red was like that hit yeah it hit me (laughs) right in the feels um in a lot
4: of ways and I think that I really related to it just like from the standpoint of having been a teenage girl in that time period um, yeah in that time period like I was just like wow like this is incredible and it was just so on the nose and felt so relatable yeah um so I was really happy to see that that was nominated because it I liked it way more than I Mm -hmm. expected to.
1: Yeah. We're going to move on now and we're going to go to the four big categories. So we're going to do best actor, best actress, best director, and best picture. Um, Eric, we're going to go to you for, I think, one of the more controversial um, groups in this list, which is actor in a leading role. I know a lot of people are kind of handing it to Austin Butler and just assuming that he's going to win. That might be a little controversial for some people. How do you feel about that?
0: <laughs> what I will say is that Austin Butler was the best part of that movie. Again, Elvis, I mean, I don't know how much of a compliment that that is considering our thoughts <laughs> on Elvis, but he was, I mean, he did, he did a great job in that role and at least kept me interested for those however many hours um but i it 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 feels weird that he has had this surge this sudden surge and it feels very very traditional that an actor who's portraying a famous person specifically a famous singer is getting a an oscar for it um i would give this award to Brendan Fraser just because of his incredible work within the whale. Abby and Caitlin, we talked on Instagram that I definitely I did not like the whale that yeah. much, um, but I thought that Brendan Fraser infused so much empathy and nuance into a character that could have been just a caricature. That uh, I would I would love, and then there's of course with all the 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 Renaissance and everything. I I would love to see him um, uh, reward it in that way.
1: I would love that. I'm a little exhausted with the the biopic winner, just always winning. It just feels like it's like, you know, every year that happens. Um, Even though he was so good in it, I'm just like, I would be heartbroken if Brendan Fraser didn't
2: win. When it comes to the award season, it's just like people just push and push and push and I feel like the Academy just gets so used to the same names mm-hmm. that they just as tend to check the same boxes. Um, like for me personally, if I were to choose someone for best actor, I would have loved Gabe, Gabriel LaBelle. I was who kind was, of surprised he was, wasn't was nominated, main, I'm not going to lie. The main, who, was, who was the Steven Spielberg character. I thought he did a really good job of, of just kind of he just did something a little bit more nuanced than everyone else in that film. Um, my I, so I guess I guess I'm choosing Austin Butler by default, just because of the biopic. Like I to to nerd out a little bit since 2000, half of the performances that won Best Actor were someone that was playing a real life person, See? which is yeah. like wow, that is such a boring thing. And and some of the performances are great and honestly and I, I hate to say this but I, I would I think the influence of uh, I think it was Priscilla Presley passing at the right time and Austin Butler is just doing the most work. He's not someone I would I would pick even though there are some really great scenes and I think he does does a really good job and I think my my personal choice would be Colin Farrell because okay. I think yeah. he does he just does something a little bit different and i just love like i think his best roles is when he just plays he plays a little bit of a buffoon mm-hmm. and he does it so lovingly that you do follow him through cuz otherwise he could just be just very insufferable he's not someone who whines and nags he actually just 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 seems very naive and
4: he's like a level a, yeah yeah
2: <laughs> so it's just it, i i just found it funny just to see him just not get the point and just consen- just continually poke the bear and I think my second choice would be, and I, I congratulate the Academy for uh, nominating someone like Paul Mescal,
1: because
2: uh-huh. uh, that is it. such a, that's an actor, like a, such a, like an indie role, but it just felt more like I was watching a human being as opposed to someone portraying someone that is real or someone that is putting on a, a physically transforming It's just like, I, I want to understand what this person is like. And that he he would be my second choice.
1: Now, August, did you, did you happen to see Living? Because we haven't talked about Bill Nye in this category. Did you <laughs> I, have seen s- no, I have not. No, I
3: have not seen Living. Has
1: anyone seen Living? I haven't either. Okay, <laughs> no, so
3: we absolutely. all haven't seen so, no. Living.
1: We don't. know. So we Sorry, so we don't I'm... we don't know. Good job, Bill um, Nye. <laughs> 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 probably did Yeah.
2: You were great in Love Actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What if they played the Christmas song? If he won, I know he won't, but like they play the Christmas <laughs> song that he makes in love. Actually <laughs> <laughs>
2: when
1: he accepts it. Uh, August. Who's, who's your uh, should win. Will win for this one.
3: Uh, I think, well, I'm team Brendan Frazier, but I also love Paul Mescal. Those two are like one, a one B to me. I forget. I think, what is it? Butler won BAFTA. Frazier won SAG. Yes. Right. So I think it's between those two. If I were betting. Yeah. And I, I got. I, I guess I'd say Butler would, is what I put my money on, even though I don't. I, I think he got the voice down really great, which is a hard thing to do because that voice is so like kind of like a character, like a mm-hmm. uh, caricature of itself at this point. But um, the snub. I want to. I want to shout out John Boyega in um, in Breaking and okay. okay. Breaking.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, that he just carried that movie, and uh, I think it just wasn't seen by enough people is probably why I didn't get nominated, but it was, he was great. He did it all.
4: I think the issue, like, I love every, I, you know, we've established that I love Austin Butler, like to look at him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so a whole separate issue. Um, but I think the issue that I'm having with so many people being nominated for playing another person is, are they really acting well, or did they just study a lot? Yeah. Because, you have to put in a lot of work, yes, to play a real person. But is it a question of, are, are you the best actor? Or are you the best student? Like, yeah. did you just pour yourself into the content? I think Ooh, that's my issue that's with fair. that. And I think Colin Farrell and Brennan F- Frazier did such a more real job of they, acting. They and,
1: built their character from the ground
4: up. Right. And they didn't the have man. to do that studying of, like, just watching content to play another person And I think that their roles were so much more human, even though Elvis is a real person and we all know him and Mm -hmm. can relate to that, but I think their roles and their performances were so much more human. Yeah, And they just did such a better job of just being a real
1: person. Now, we're going to kind of move from that to best actress, because I think I have never seen somebody play a character who is fictional and have me actually Google who is who is Tar? I literally in my mind thought to myself, "Oh, this is a biopic." Like I, it was like I it had to be. Yeah. So talking about actress in a leading role, I'm I'm going to kick it to you again, Eric, because you're Team Tar. Kate Blanchett. I have to say. For me, this was the performance of the year. What are your thoughts in this category? Because we are leading into the Oscars with a lot of momentum for Michelle.
0: It's one A, one B for me. So I, I do think Kate Blanchett. Exactly what you said. I mean, she she duped many people, not just you, <laughs> in thinking that this was a that this was a real person. But of course, Michelle Yeoh carries that film, and has carried so many films, um, and it, it's. Kate Blanchett has already won two Oscars. There's this opportunity to give it, not give it, she earned it, but award uh, Michelle Yeoh. Um, So either of those I would be incredibly happy for. I think in terms of just watching the show, Michelle Yeoh's um, acceptance speech would probably be... A lot more interesting and yeah. exciting than Kate Blanchett because she has made Kate it. Blanchard Kate has made it. Go.
1: Kate Blanchett will be like, nice like, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, she has made, Kate has made it clear that not that she doesn't want this third Oscar, but she's she
1: not died. campaigning yeah. no. for
0: it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, to answer your question, I would enjoy both of those. Um, obviously, we have the Andrea Riseboro uh, controversy.
1: And the Anna de Armas, thats also a controversy. And, that
0: that definitely is. I, all of the the vitriol towards Andrea Riseborough does not need to go towards Anna De Armas, but towards that nomination. To me, I just don't think it needed to to be there. Um, but I have, I am curious, Michael, because you you you're bringing a lot of really interesting facts. If you have any thoughts about that surprise
2: nomination. It's interesting because you can kind of look at it in multiple ways. I think the controversy surrounds who was nominated, not in the manner of, well, it is who gets nominated and how they went about it. And that can go to a larger theme of who people in the industry have exposure to, what kind, what types of people they have exposure to in the industry. So I think Andrea Riceboro just happens to have that swell. Has identity. anyone
1: seen her performance, by the way?
2: I I, I saw that, yeah. It's actually, okay, I yeah. rented it on Amazon because I just wanted to check it Say. out. She she was pretty good. I thought uh, like the movie is pretty standard. Um, it's a it's a typical like addict story, but for an actress that really like a, a solid character actress, like she just carries a movie. I found her she was very good, but I thought the she was very insufferable because of because of the from a writing level. Um, actually, like I think only th- two of the people that I would choose are Michelle and Kate. So sometimes it's just like. Who how well they get campaigned at is as well as like who they who they just want to champion.
1: In my mind, that kind of is what happened with Michelle Williams. Like I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't know, she just kind of gets put in the conversation all the time. And I don't necessarily buy into her as an actress. Uh, I haven't really like latched on to any of her performances, to be honest. And to in my opinion, she was what made me hate the Fablemans. Her character was just Completely insufferable, mm-hmm. and I know that you know it's based on Steven Spielberg's mom. So I apologize, Steven, for bashing your mom if that's how <laughs> she actually <laughs> was. But I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stomach that character, and so I think it was really hard for me. I don't know if I have any like snubs that I would like replace her with.
2: For personal subs for me, I, per- I just want to give out three quick names. I thought Audrey Plaza and Emily the Criminal was excellent. Um, I know Paul Mescal got nominated, but I really think Frankie Coro from Aftersun was equally as good as The Daughter. And then uh, there's an actress, her name is, uh, I'm going to probably mispronounce her name, uh, Guzlaji Milanka from uh, a movie called St. Omer, which was Frances' submission for international feature. I thought she was very, like, truly devastating in that role.
1: Um, August, what are your thoughts on on actress? And especially, you know, I think you mentioned Blonde earlier. Like, do you Mm. have any thoughts about Ana de Armas being in that group?
3: Well, I I will say that I'm one of the few people that liked Blonde. Um, And I know that's... uh, a whole conversation in itself. Um, And I do think that she was a big part of it. I think the writing really was pretty one note, which Mm -hmm. I think is one of the reasons people hate that movie. And I thought she did a good job of really bringing a lot as much variation to the the performance as she could. You know, she's just sad, the whole movie, sad, 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 but she, she just brings little different levels of it and like hope and like different layers. So I don't hate that. Uh, I don't think she necessarily deserves to be the top five, but I'm not too angry about it. I, I think who I would pick is Kate um, Blanchett. Um, who I would bet on? It's it's a tight one. Um, I love yeah. Michelle. I'd be happy to see her win. Yeah. I, I, I just don't think she nef- necessarily uh, brought um, you know the like intensity. You know, you know, I'm 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 looking for someone to make me cry. Um, I know it's kind of uh, boring to say Olivia Colman's name at this point. But it's I do never was, boring to say
1: <laughs> Olivia Colman. You can, <laughs> she, you can just give her every nomination
3: ever. Yeah, she, I mean, she really, um, her performance in Empire of Light, it's like you, she's just like this quiet little, like nervous lady. And then there's a scene at the end that just kind of recontextualizes the whole performance. Um, obviously, Daniel Detweiler, I think that might, that's probably the biggest snub of the whole, the whole mm-hmm. night. Um, and I also want to just shout out uh, Mia Goth. And, um,
1: yes. yeah.
3: uh, you know, horror is, is, you know, she's, she's great, but I'd still go with Kate. Obviously. I think, I think that might be Blanchett's, uh, best performance, at least that I've seen.
1: Yeah. And that's I, same agree. That. I agree. Same. I honestly, um, for me, this was the performance of the year. Also Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett and Tar, I think. And I think you agree because yeah. we've talked about it numerous times is, I love Michelle Yeoh and I I will be rooting for her. If she wins, I'll be so happy for her. But I think there's always going to be a part of me that's like, I wish these two movies didn't come out in the same year because if any performance deserves an Oscar, it is Cate Blanchett and Tar. And I think in any other year, I think it would have been a shoe in, no competition. No one would have even talked about it, but obviously there's so much momentum for Michelle Yeoh that there's going to be a decent amount of competition there.
2: Who I would pick and who I would, think we'll win, it's it's Kate all the
1: way. Yeah, all right. Yeah. This money turn down. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to move on to directing. This one was, now that I have seen women talking, I'm upset. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that yeah. out there. Um, I'm going to go to Michael first on this. What are your thoughts? I know you're a huge Steven Spielberg guy. Um, how do you feel about this category?
2: This is tough because director is also, outside of original screenplay, director is also my favorite category to look at. I love when the directors and the, the writers just go for what they think is the best.
4: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Um so I think like the nomination I think the ro- nomination of Ruben Ostland was the surprise. Yeah. Even though some pundits really. were predicting it. Um but I think the way that Triangle Sand is like you can't count out the pal- the winner of the Palme d'Or. So you had I was just very surprised that it had that much momentum. Um it's tough because like you have it's you're on the fence of do you nominate a person based on what they are like physically or you know their gender, their makeup? Are you checking the box off to hit a quota or do you but it's also you're you're nominating and awarding art. So, like, I'm always pro just pick what you think is the best. That the best that executes that category that represents that category. If I were to choose a female director, I would actually choose. I wouldn't choose Sarah Polly. I choose Charlotte Wells for After Sun
1: uh-huh. as yeah.
2: as a director. That's I think fair. that was a little bit more yeah. of an, auda- an audacious uh, directorial take. And I actually went to a Q and A when after after Sun when she was there and she was talking about how it was based on her relationship with her father and how she like had to kind of like filter out certain things and kind of keep certain things ambiguous about her relationship with her dad, but keep it universal. Uh, And I think just overall tonally, she just did a really excellent job of keeping it very simple um and it, but but a lot of depth in creating the 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 relationship between paul Mescal and and frankie coro absolutely uh, but i think overall in the in this category this this is a really strong one i still want to see steven spielberg win a third academy award i know
1: you
2: do. <laughs> will, that actually, will, that, will that actually happen i don't know i give him a lot of credit for kind of showing his life and showing like despite the mixed reaction about his mother just kind of showing his personal life on screen. I think the closest thing is like, besides that really pertains to who Steven Spielberg is, there's two movies that do that. It's Schindler's List that pertains to who he is as a, from his culture and where he's coming from. And then E.T. about his family life. So to Mm -hmm. kind of have that fast forward almost 40, 50 years later, and to really just be like, this is how I came to be. And just like, it's not how I became to become a lover of film, but how I became to be a craftsman of something is truly, truly inspiring. And I know I left a five-minute voice memo to you too, <laughs> how I felt about that and how I connected on a personal level. So yeah, I think yeah. that is something that is worth not- noting. I think the Daniels will win because they won the Director's Guild and they're the clear outlier who will win the Academy Award. And good for them and good for the Oscars for picking something that's a little bit more adventurous. But man, I would love to see Tar. I would love to see Todd. I love to see Todd Fields kind of, be successful.
1: Right. One of our favorite activities for pre-gaming in college and out of college with my friends was watching music videos. And the fact that the Daniels directed Turn Down for What...
0: (laughs) <laughs>
1: it's just you know, oh like one of my favorite things that that music video led to a, an Oscar nomination. It was so <laughs> much fun for me personally. Um, and I know that we've talked, Eric, about Nope being a snub for a lot of yeah. categories. For me, my snub in this category would be uh, Jordan Peele. Do you feel the same or do you think that this list is pretty deserving? Um, do you have any other snubs?
0: This list feels fairly deserving. Um, I think Reuben Ostlin's, I love Triangle of Sadness. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it deserved the directing of it necessarily deserved to be in this top five. I would have taken him out and put in Jordan Peele um, in that in that place. So my will is going to be the Daniels, and then my should. There's no surprise here, Todd. Feel I mean I yeah. am
4: there you go. Yeah, I really, I'm,
0: really <laughs> I'm talking myself more and more into just saying that card was my favorite film of last year. It. But I will be I will be excited for the Daniels.
1: Cool. August, do you have any uh snubs in this category?
3: This is tough. I, I really think Robert Edgers for uh The Northmen. I don't really know why that movie just kinda came and went. I was reading that not only like they built those structures with like actual tools that they had at the time, the time mm-hmm. period. Like that was his level of dedication to detail.
1: I did not know that. That's so cool.
3: Yeah. I mean, gee whiz that guy, that guy really like cares about making it as authentic as possible. And I just got to give him props for that. Um, And I also liked um, decision to leave um, park. Park Besides Daniel Detweiler, I think that not getting nominated for best international film was the biggest snub.
1: August, who is your uh, best picture should win and will win. Or uh, not best picture, picture best director, best director. Sorry,
3: director, uh, Daniels yeah. for both.
1: I've jumped into Best Picture because I'm like <laughs> ready to go for it. I'm ready for the conversation. <laughs> um, I personally have some major issues with this list. Eric, how do you feel about the Best Picture list? What is your, you know, you're the one that you're rooting for besides Tar? Because we know it's Tar. <laughs> 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 but what are, what, are your, what are your favorites from the year and are there any snubs for you on this list?
0: Overall, when I look at this list, I like it because it seems like to me one of the more accessible Oscar best picture lists um, in recent years. When I talk to people who may, have only, who may only watch two or three movies out of a year, most of them have seen at least one of the movies on this list. So just from the, the standpoint of accessibility, I, I, I enjoy it. I think mm-hmm. uh, the list is a, l- a little weak when we look at Elvis and when we look at Avatar, Way of Water. I know uh, you all talked about that. I enjoyed Avatar, but it's, it definitely wasn't one of the top 10 of the year. Uh, I I am pulling, so I, I do love Tar, but my should and will is everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Uh, go back to what Michael said, seeing that almost a year ago and thinking wow, this was incredible. Too bad it'll, it'll never win an Oscar. Uh, to the fact that we're talking about this as a front runner is pretty remarkable. Um, I won't go through my entire list of snubs, but I will just harken back to um, Jordan Peele's note being one of my favorites that is not on this list. I also um, really enjoyed The Women King, going back to that accessibility aspect i thought it was a beautifully made movie and it was a lot of fun to watch uh so i would have loved to see that on there maybe even more so than avatar
3: there are a few movies that i honestly don't like on the list i really just did not get into top gun maverick um i think it just kind of felt, um, <laughs> I, I don't want to get too, uh,
4: It's okay. You're safe. It's a safe space. Yeah. it's a safe space. <laughs> I, I, I,
3: don't, I don't want to get too political, but I do feel like, um, it felt like a uh, military military propaganda to me. And that just kind of really turned me off, uh, to the whole thing. But, you know, I, I get that it was a sensation. I get why it was, it was nominated. Um, I love um, the Northmen. I know that it, had, it never had a shot. It was never in the conversation. But that was probably my second favorite movie after Everything Everywhere. I think Bones and All was great. Um, nope. After Sun, of course.
1: I think we are we have very similar opinions because I would just eat Avatar. I would eat Elvis. <laughs> I would yeet the Fablemans. I would eat Top Gun Maverick, and I would like. I would let Triangle of Sadness stay in there, but I personally think that if we're talking about an Eat the Rich movie, the menu was by far my favorite, um, way more than Triangle of Sadness. I would absolutely put that in there. I would put Nope in there for sure. Bones and All is both of our favorite movie of the year. We just yes. connected to it on such like a deep level, and the fact that it's not even in the conversation like hurts my actual like. It makes soul. me really sad. Um, But I also completely agree with you, August. I think the Northman was incredible. Like I, I remember when the movie ended, Caitlin, who like I would never have expected to like that movie, literally just looked at me and was like, that was a badass movie. Like that was so good. And just some of the shots in that movie, like still stick with me today. Avatar and the Fablemans and Top Gun all just feel like they're in there kind of because of pedigree. Like, it feels like it's just they're in there for who made it and, and the, the legacy of it, I guess. Now, Michael, I know you love both The Fablemans and Top Gun Maverick. Personal opinion aside, if you were thinking like, yes, I love Top Gun and I love The Fablemans, do you think that they truly do deserve to be in the best picture conversation?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I think going off of what Eric was saying, uh, I think, looking back at what the oscars have been going through we I mean, were talking about backlash and it's one of them is the the titles of the film that are nominated for movies of the year and when you look at the history of the oscars it used to be the movies that made the most money would be a shoe-in then it slowly started moving into independent films and the most pedigree or like the, the like the art house side like right. you got like a lion's share of that and then that slowly started. like That has kind of been the, the, the way the tides have been. And I think because of now more people are getting in, now people are being involved and included into the Academy. I will say that this has been, despite my feelings about some of these nominees, I think it, it, it is accessible and it actually shows the wide variety of what the medium of film is and how different, what they kind of represent to everybody and the joy that, like majority of the nominees are in my top 10.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. If I were to talk about movies that I wish could have been, would have been nominees. I mean, I know I already talked about Emily, the criminal. Uh, I loved St. Omer. Uh, I was a big advocate of the menu. And of course the day, the Menu's day will so come. And I'm praying menu. for the day that will come that a documentary would get nominated for best picture. But yeah. I really loved fire of love. Okay. And that should have been something that like if documentaries need to be. That's like the next step, you know, to throw like, the true lion's share, of what film is, and I applaud that. Half, like three or four of them were just like big popcorn or popular films. Like, and you know what? Say what you will about Top Gun Maverick and what what it may represent or what it kind of shows, but like, I remember seeing that. I just remember like feeling the joy of being in a theater and seeing something that is bigger than life itself, than mm-hmm. the life that I live, and something that just took advantage of. All, all elements—the visuals, the sound, the the effects—like the mat, I felt the magic of the movies work on me, and I was laughing at myself that this was a, an unnecessary sequel to a movie that I don't even like to begin with. but, <laughs> yeah. but, that, but that, but it just—that's yeah. just what happens, though. Yeah. It just happens yeah. to be that, and good, good for the Oscars for kind of like respecting, like you know, it is a technical craft, but it also. Because my favorite film of the year, I wish could win. There's a part of me that think it might pull it off. Surprisingly, will be *The Banshees of Sharon. and the reason why I would choose that as the best film of the year is that at, at the brat, at the end of the day, it's just visual storytelling, and to me, it just felt the most timeless. It felt like it had the most interesting theme, and uh, it's the most human theme of just how are we existing? How does that reflect based on the people that we surround ourselves with, with the environment that we live in? Mm -hmm. It just felt so simple. And it just, and it felt like a folk tale. It felt like something that I could actually tell the story of the Banshees of Inishirin. I could tell that to anyone that I know, and I could feel like I can captivate them. And the fact that that worked from a visual level was just just so wonderful. Um, But I think everything, everywhere, all at once, just Again, the magic of the movies, the imagination of filmmaking and all techniques, I think everywhere will ever all at once will
3: persevere in being the winner. I think at this point it's kind of even hard for me to think of what would like betting wise, what would be second. Um, I think it's kind of just everything and then the herd at this point
4: should win is Bones and All isn't even is,
3: yeah, Justice is it even for and, Bones and All
4: yeah for Bones real though like am I the only one that liked it I don't know um, like I just oh I,
3: I loved it top 10 movie of the year for me
4: yeah okay so happy to hear it um, <laughs> extra credit um, will win I don't know. I feel like everything everywhere all at once is going to win just because of the momentum. Just the idea of it is so expansive and different and what we have not seen and so revolutionary. I think I would be perfectly fine if it won, but I think Banshee should win because exactly what you just said, Michael, I think it was so simple and it was so pure and human and just so relatable and so timeless and something that I think is just like this perfect little story Mm -hmm. that could easily have just been like a short story, honestly.
1: And just told into, you know, such a visual. It did feel like something that you would have read in like high school English. Like, yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: and like the fact that it was written, you know, like he came up with this incredible idea. I think for me, everything everywhere all at once is the will win. I think the momentum is there. I think, I would be shocked if Banshees won. I would be happy if Banshees won um, either way. I think for me, the dark horse, I know that it has no chance whatsoever, but I adore, adore All Quiet on the Western Front. I think it is a gorgeous movie. I watched it when she was out hanging out with a friend one night. And when she came back home, I was like, I think that's the best war movie I've ever seen. And I'm going to say, I'm going to stick to my guns on that. And I'm going to say that All Quiet on the Western Front is my favorite war movie I've ever seen. And it was done in such Same a man. way that opposed to Top Gun, like you said, August, it was like showing the horrors of, you know, militaristic expansion and, and, you know, war and all that. So I really love that movie.
2: What was everyone's favorite? What was everyone's favorite film from, from 2022?
1: It was Bones and All for both of us. Yes.
2: Okay. Mine was Banshees, Vinnie Sharon. Tar, everything everywhere, all at once.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: okay. 1A, 1B. Yeah, yeah. Everything everywhere, all at once for
1: me. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited uh, for the Oscars this year. I think this is one of the more exciting years, I think, um, to go into the Oscar season. It was an incredible year for film. Yeah. Um, even if I might not agree with some of the Best Picture nominees, the the other movies that weren't nominated that are just fresh in my memory, like all across the board, I think we got so much good filmmaking this year. Shout out to horror, especially. Horror yes. killed it this year with um we had Pearl and X, we had Barbarian,
0: Barbarian,
1: we had Nope. I think Bones and All can kind of it's like indie horror. Um it definitely has that body gore element to it. I just want to shout out horror in general as a <laughs> as a genre because I think this is probably the best year for horror in, in quite some time. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, this has been fantastic and I can't wait. Hopefully we can do this next year again. This would be great to get the gang back together and make this a thing. So thank you guys so much again and everybody who's joining us. I hope you have a great weekend and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for joining us on the right now.